1: The House meets this Saturday to respond to a situation of great gravity. We are here because for the first time for many years, British sovereign territory has been invaded by a foreign power. After several days of rising tension in our relations with Argentina, that country's armed forces attacked the Falkland Islands yesterday and established military control of the islands. afternoon. Now, would you support, would this kind of government support uh, Britain's efforts to free its hostages in the Falklands in exchange for Mrs. Thatcher's support for freeing American hostages in Iran? You've asked a, a question in a way about a particular facet of it, let me just answer it in a little broader context. It's a very difficult situation for the United States because we're friends with both of the countries engaged in this dispute. And we stand ready to do anything we can to help them. And what we hope for and would like to help in doing is have a peaceful resolution of this uh, with uh, no forceful action or no bloodshed. And uh, uh, to that extent, uh, we support the resolution that's already in the United Nations that there be a withdrawal of forces and we resolve this at the UN. Mr. President, British television news, have you spoken to Prime Minister Thatcher this morning? No, but uh, we have, re- I received a message from her uh, with regard to the appointment of the new minister, um, our foreign minister. Uh, what will you do if uh, What else did Britain? she have to tell you? But, well, she appreciated very much our efforts and my attempt to... Uh, Is America prepared to offer military assistance if the British ask for it? Again, as I said, we're friends of both sides and in this, and uh, we're going to try, strive for, and I, I think that they will be willing to meet in the idea of a peaceful resolution.
0: You know, they always say history repeats itself, and it's certainly starting all over again. Both of those audio clips were from 1982. So some of you probably weren't born and others of you may remember it well. Some might have just been little kids at the time and you didn't really pay attention to politics. So it might be something new for you. Reason, reason, excuse me, I'm bringing it up. Following a meeting in the Great Hall of the People of Beijing between left-wing President of Argentina Alberto Fernandez and Chinese dictator Xi Jinping on Sunday, China announced that it will formally back the South American country's claim to the Britain's Falkland Islands, while Fernandez pledged his support for the so-called One China Policy of Beijing, which lays claims to Taiwan. Now, in 1982... There was a 74-day conflict between Argentina and Britain over the island. Um, Britain lost 255 soldiers. Argentina lost 649 soldiers before the conflict was done. Britain retained control of the island. Argentina has laid claim multiple times throughout the years saying that that island belongs to them. However, if you look into history, it doesn't. In the last 200 years, they've only retained control of that island, Argentina that is, for 31 months. Since the 1830s, British ha- the British have had control of the Falkland Islands. As a matter of fact, the Falkland Islanders themselves strongly identify as British. As far as Taiwan is concerned, it has never been under control of the communist government in Beijing. It's had its own distinct government since China's... Kai-shek's nationalists fled to the island after losing the civil war to Mao Zedong communists in 1949. Aside from the fact that the CCP has never ruled over Taiwan, the country also has its own distinct culture, currency, and military. So China has never had control over Taiwan. So these two communist nations are going to back each other up on trying to take over islands that don't belong to them. Um, Coinciding with the announcement of the Falkland, Argentina officially signed on to Communist China's uh, Belt and Road Initiative, BRI. It's a strategy of increasing global influence of Beijing around the world. It's really a debt trap. China offers a lot of money to help you build infrastructure, and when you can't pay the money back, they seize all the assets, and it's just a way of them you know, globalizing themselves all over the world, just starting with the weakest countries that they know are not going to be able to pay these funds back so they can start occupying areas in their countries. Argentina, I guess, has a deep love for China. Uh, the communist mouthpiece Global Times reported that the Argentinian delegation made a visit to To the Chairman Mao's Memorial Hall in Beijing, where the body of the dictator Mao Zedong, who's responsible for the death of somewhere between 60 and 80 million people, lays in a mummified state under glass. That's got to be a sight to see. The Argentinian president went as far as saying that for both Argentina and the rest of the world, Mao is a very crucial state leader. (laughs) I mean... Whenever you have a president and or dictator that loves somebody like Mao that mass murdered you know tens of millions of people that should really speak volumes to you about their mental state and the type of person that they actually are cuz you're praising a mass murderer that caused China how many years of fam And and a depressed economy and everything else. I mean, how many years did that go on? China only is becoming what they are because of America's good graces, where they were trying to invest in them and help the country come up. Apparently, I don't know if it was a long game. It all kind of plays right into the whole Great Reset deal. Maybe that was a long game from back then. But the United States has always idled or people in the United States, not all people, politicians have always idolized the way that China runs because it's like crony capitalism, communism, fascism. They got their own system where when you're on the top, you're on the top. When you're on the bottom, you are on the bottom. One of the main reasons that I'm bringing this up, outside of 9-11, I can't remember a time that I felt that there would potentially be a World War III right around the corner. It's like on the horizon. I'm getting those feelings now. When I look at what's happening in Russia with Ukraine, China's talking about taking over Taiwan. Uh, Argentina now is seeking the Falkland Islands. Cuba is always an issue. You got the Taliban is now running loose because of Sleepy Creepy giving them a free pass. As a matter of fact, I don't even know if you noticed, but one of the last remaining uh, flight hijackers that was in uh, Gitmo, Joe Biden is releasing him and sending him back home. Like, I'm sure that's not going to come back and bite us in the in the rear. I'm sure he's going to just go home and totally behave himself. They said he just needs some mental counseling. You know, so but bes- that, that's besides the point point is there is so much unrest in the world today that it feels as if we are approaching a boiling point where war is going to break out on a global scale. I have not felt that way. I may be completely wrong but just everything that I read, everything that I see, all the tensions, and it's not just between countries. You have tensions internally in every country. It just feels like globally we're about to go into war. We're all tearing ourselves apart. We're tearing each other apart, and it looks like we're headed towards some scary times. I hope I'm wrong. I got young kids. I don't want any war. I'd like, to think, I'd like to think that we can handle things as adults and talk things out and come to some type of resolution for whatever problems that need, you know, are out there. That's what I would like to believe, but there's something inside of me saying we may be heading in another direction. I would also like to point out, look at how important it is. Who is sitting in the White House not just for America, because we're having all of our problems at home here, but for the world, none of these things were happening under President Trump. None. Do you know that one of the leaders of the Taliban, I believe it was the Taliban, if not, it was ISIS, um, came out and said that when, we, when the United States elected grandpa, um, they weren't worried about you know, taking back over Afghanistan. They weren't worried about any of that stuff because they knew he would threaten to drop bombs on them, but he wouldn't actually do it. They said under president Trump, they were worried not, he wouldn't drop a bomb on them. They were saying that there would be multiple bombs. Now I'm just paraphrasing. You can look it up for yourself, but that's more or less what he was saying is that Trump would drop multiple bombs on them and they knew he would do it. So it kept them at bay. One man makes the difference, not only for the country, but for the globe. Under President Trump, everybody was behaving themselves. Everybody knew that if if you started acting the way they're acting right now, Trump was going to step in and handle the situation with an iron fist. Right now, they know that we have a fake, weak, frail leader. They are not afraid of him. As a matter of fact... He's a laughing stock of the entire world. So they're just more than happy to go about doing what they've been waiting to do since Trump got in office. And I don't know about you, but one of the other feelings that I get is almost that the Democratic Party is like cheering this on. They, you know, you would think these people that claim they're so anti-war, anti-war, they're so quick to jump back out and deploy our troops and get right back into another war right after we just got done in the middle east now we want to go start up and jump right back into something else i don't know they, these are just the feelings i have i'm just putting it out there i could be completely wrong on some of these things you know i i'm not i'm not the end all what i say it doesn't mean it's you know biblical <laughs> it's a, what these are my opinions These are my thoughts, everything that I see, I'm making an educated guess and I'm just getting some internal feelings. That's what I see. That's what I'm feeling. Just like I'm feeling if you have any money in cryptocurrency, this is next story. You're really going to want to pay attention to because it could be devastating. If you have lots of money in cryptocurrency coming up full disclaimer, I am not a financial advisor. I'm sure you probably already know that, but just in case somebody thinks that I'm telling you what to do with your finances, I am not. I'm going to read you a story and then you do what's best for you. So here that is. The Blaze is reporting. The Biden administration is preparing to draft Bitcoin and other cryptocurrency regulations. The Biden administration is preparing to release an initial government-wide strategy for digital assets as soon as next month and a task federal agencies with assessing the risks and opportunities that they pose. This was reported by Bloomberg. Why is this of concern if you own cryptocurrency? Most people that own crypto and they're involved with cryptocurrency, more or less, you buy it for a few reasons. Number one, it's a hedge against inflation. Number two, it's not regulated by the government. And number three, unlike banks currently, what do you get in a savings account anymore? 1% or less? You put all your money in there and you're making nothing on it. Cryptocurrency is volatile. It has dramatic highs and dramatic lows, but it's also made, I'm sure up to today, it's made a lot of millionaires. For those reasons, people want to invest in it. I see the attraction. I have money in cryptocurrency, you know, to be completely transparent. So believe me, I'm not much different than most people playing the game. Problem is. If they come to to some type of an agreement that they're going to put rules and regulations on cryptocurrency, it is going to crash. (laughs) I don't know. It's going to lose all its money. The whole point of cryptocurrency is to have something that is not being controlled by the government. I think that's one of the main reasons. During inflation, you're still making money, whereas the U.S. dollar is being devalued. So you're making money and it's protecting you from all this nonsense inflation that we're going through right now. So I thought this is an important story to start to wake everybody up because they're talking about next month sometime. They're talking about sometime in March, potentially having this committee get gets together and ends up wanting to put forth some rules and regulations and deems crypto a problem because they can't get their grubby little hands on it. They can't control it. And that drives them crazy because then they feel that they're not making any money on it. So they want to make sure that they get involved in it in one way or another. Now, they have already passed a bill with bipartisan support with the infrastructure deal that requires cryptocurrency brokers like Coinbase, Krypton.com, Gemini, etc. to disclose the names and addresses of their customers. Uh, In order to coerce compliance with tax laws, the bipartisan infrastructure deal also requires cryptocurrency brokers to provide the IRS and each customer with a 1099-B detailing exchange, withdrawals, and holdings. So they're already starting to put some kind of regulation on there to get their foot in the door, and it's going to be problematic. You're going to see Bitcoin was... Not just a few months ago, up to what sixty thousand dollars or in excess of sixty thousand dollars. It's half that today. You're down around thirty-eight thousand. I think it hit forty-two the other day. But I mean, they're volatile. It's it's going all over the place. They watch heavily what's happening. What's happening right now in El Salvador? Who adopted? Bitcoin as a way to pay for everything, it looks like the system itself is failing over there. Not because Bitcoin is a flawed system, but maybe the way that El Salvador implemented their system is flawed and it's not working out for their people. Whereas Russia, on the other hand, wants nothing to do with Bitcoin and they're trying to outlaw it, just like many other countries are trying to outlaw it. And the reason they're trying to outlaw it, like in China and Russia, whatever, is because they can't get their grubby hands on it. So you gotta pay attention what's coming up, especially if you have lots of money tied up in there. Don't let this one pass by and all of a sudden, you know, all crypto's currency crashes because they put all these crazy rules and regulations on it, and then it's no longer separate from the United States. Now they got their hands in there because at that point, I I would assume it's more than likely gonna crash. So it's just a story to make you aware. Pay attention to what's coming up. Now, for something that's just pretty much altogether dumb... Joe Biden said at the Community College National Legislative Summit in Washington, D.C., taking place between February 6th and the 9th, that she is disappointed that congressional Democrats could not pass the Build Back Better Act, along with a provision that allows eligible students two years of free community college education and thus fulfills a campaign promise. Don't you just love how they just try to really, if you're young and you're listening to me, if you're a college student, how they try to reel you in, they give you this allure of you get these free two years of college and oh my God, look what they've denied you. Look what Manchin and Cinema denied you. Look what all of the Republicans denied you. They denied you a free education only problem with that is what miss wannabe Dr. Jill Biden leaves out of that whole conversation you can find that article at Breitbart is the fact that build back better not only would have drove inflation to astronomical levels. you would have given Democrats control literally of just about everything in the United States today, that would have been the destruction of this country. But putting all that aside is that how does the, how does she think or how does she tell you that it's going to be paid for? There is nothing free in this world. And look, I get it. If you're in college and you're working a full-time job and you're trying to go to college at night and you're trying to pay for all your classes, which ain't cheap, and your books cost just as much as the classes cost, you're trying to get by, you're trying to live just because you want an education, because you want a better life, I get it. It sounds great in theory. I wish it was true. It sounds wonderful, but there's no way to pay for it. The only way you pay for it is through taxes. And the only way to get the money to pay for it is by raising all of our taxes, including your taxes. So you're going to, your cost of living is going to go up because of free college and free tuition. There's nothing free. They don't tell you They want to give you these razzle-dazzle ideas that we're going to pay for it this way and that way and every other way possible. There is no legitimate way to pay for kids to get free college. College, and I've said this over and over and I will say it until I'm blue in the face, college is a privilege. You should be proud of yourself, even more proud of yourself That if you're working all day, going to school all night, when you get that degree, there's going to be nothing sweeter than that moment. You should be honored and proud. You should pat yourself on the back because you worked so hard to get it. It teaches you so much more than someone just giving you a college education it teaches you you worked hard for it you earned it you understand that philosophy of working hard and and getting that reward in the end it's such a valuable lesson in college again it's not a given it's not everybody should get a college degree you wouldn't want everybody to have a college degree because believe me once they do your degree ain't so special all of a sudden Once everybody's got a business degree, then having a business degree means nothing. So college is designed as it's designed. You pay for higher education. There are plenty of jobs that you don't need to go to college for that you can make lots of money with. There's all kinds of things you can do. If you can't afford to go to college, do something else. Get into a company, work your way up. There are plenty of other paths you can go down without that education. There's a shortage of tradesmen in the United States welders butchers these are like dying traits farmers there is so much more you can do that do not require a college education but are so valuable to society especially today there are paths for you doesn't always have to be college so college if you can afford it if you can work your way through it god bless you but it's not a freebie you don't just automatically get that one. That might be a harsh reality to face, but that is what it is. It is paying for the privilege to have a higher education. And again, you wouldn't want everyone to have one because then everything you worked so hard for means absolutely squat. I hope you like what you're listening to. Uh, if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, I am at LJCONSERCRN. Gab or Parlor I'm at the real little Joe. Cloud hub I am at Little Joe CC. If you want to check out any videos I do, Rumble. I'm at Little Joe's Conservative Corner on YouTube. I'm at Little Joe CC. If you'd like to reach out to me, please go to littlejoecc.com. You go to the contact section and hit me up. Um, otherwise, that's about it. We will do it again tomorrow. Happy Hump Day.